What's up players, welcome to episode number 16 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on our platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, send an email to readypressplay at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts, and if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Luis Minchaca. Man, Dan, Dan, I got to tell you right now, I feel like I had like one of those come-to-Jesus moments this week. Oh, yeah? It was yeah? crazy. What happened? Oh, my God. I thought I thought I got the coronavirus. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, dude. I was worried about you. Yeah, man. I had to tell you like right then and there. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm glad we have a DLC 2 ready to go because you might have to release it because I don't know if I can make it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was actually man. I was I was kind of putting together a plan B where I, where I might record with a with a different host for this week so that I didn't have to drop the DLC two yet so that oh. we could hold on to it a little bit longer. Um, nice. But as soon uh, as soon as you uh, reached back to me and told me that that you were feeling better, then uh, I was glad to uh, I was glad to record with you again. So I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, man. If for for the for the listeners, I had a I had a fever on Monday. It was just one day, and it was just it. Do- it knocked me out cold. Like I couldn't, I could barely get up out of bed. I could barely move. It was like, my body was just like shutting down. Like as far as like, no, you're not getting up. Like, like it was just one of those kind of crippling, like, like when you're in bed and you can't get out of bed. And like, I was super feverish. I was like, I hit 102 and I'm like at the 103, you got to go to the hospital kind of thing. And I just literally slept almost all of Monday and I slept until Tuesday morning. And then I woke up with no fever and I'm like, huh? And I woke up Hmm. normal. I was like, cool. was that was that your day off, by the way? Yeah, it was already my day off. So I, I literally lost one of my day my days off. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that sucks. And you and you always like, you know, at least me, whenever uh, I think about, you know, being sick now, like, I would want to be sick or anything. But when I do get sick or start getting sick, I'm like, and I feel like I'm going to miss work or, or have time off. I, I usually think, well, at least I can go and play some games, but I'm never able, but then I'm never able to play any games when I'm sick. Did you, did you feel that way too? I, I could barely, I could barely stay awake to tell you the truth. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I like, a part of me kind of likes the idea of getting sick because it's like, oh, I get to be in my PJs all day kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. but I could play some games or watch some YouTube, but no, I literally didn't even have the strength to do that. And I couldn't enjoy anything. So uh but yeah it just it just kind of came and went it must have been some minor bug or something but um my body fought it it off really fast so i guess i was a tight turnaround i'm glad you feel better i'm sorry that uh i'm I'm sorry that that happened during your day off especially since you've been working so much recently do you think that might have had anything to do with it by the way no i don't think so i I Mm -hmm. honestly um i think that was just pure coincidence i don't think it Mm -hmm. was more like anything like where it's like oh i'm exhausted like i didn't really feel exhausted so right it was just more like oh i came down with something so all right. Yeah. Well, glad you're better. Glad to have you back. Uh, so some quick housekeeping for today. I have been planning, Lewis, to uh, do a Twitch stream. So nothing crazy. Uh, this is fairly new to me. I believe I've tried to stream maybe like twice in my life before, and it's been a long time now. Uh, but my fiance, who is on Twitch.tv, Ellie Elisi, just started uh, streaming again. She used to do it fairly regularly back in 2018 and she just started she did a new uh, she did a stream again this week um just very typical like just IRL stuff just just kind of chatting with the chat and she's going to be starting doing uh doing more and and uh playing some games soon so looking at her do it I was like man I kind of want to do that again I kind of want to try to do that again so I decided that if I came into the podcast today and I announced that I was going to do it then I would have to do it because I just worked that way right so like if I announced that I'm going to do it then I'm going to have to do it. So this is what I'm planning on uh, Friday, May 1st. 
So when you're listening to this, probably, or when when this episode come out comes out at 8 p.m., I'm gonna try doing like a two-hour or so stream. I'm still not 100% sure on what I'm gonna be playing, but I'm gonna do it from my laptop. Uh, no, we don't have a capture card or anything like that. I know you have all your fancy setup all ready to go. <laughs> Um, but we don't have that yet, so I'm probably just going to try to play some PC game, maybe something from my Steam library or maybe the Epic Game Store or something along those lines. If we uh, if you play Fortnite, then I'll join and we'll squad up. Oh, yeah, sure. Maybe we could do something like that. I was wondering if we maybe uh, should uh, have some kind of ready, press, play official representation on Twitch, but that's a conversation for another time. Well, we already uh, have the domain, so we're good on that. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so for, for this, it will just be me on uh, my personal channel. It's at on. Uh, so D-A-N-L-I-M-A-O-N. Uh, you can find me there on Friday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Pacific time. I should be going live. I'll also be tweeting about it. So if you follow me on Twitter at the Dan Lima, you can also uh, find oh, me, link it there. You need to be consistent, man. You need to be twitch.tv slash the Dan Lima. I know. It's just, it's hard to, you know, Daniel Lima is actually a much more common name than you, than you would think. <laughs> I mean, Daniel <laughs> is a common name in general and Lima is a very common, like, brazilian slash south american slash portuguese last name so it's really hard to find find things like even when i landed on the dan lima i was like okay i can use this because just dan lima or things of the sort were always taken i can do the dan lima and i could get that across the board but i couldn't get it on twitch unfortunately <laughs> that's so. why i use chocolate 88 nobody uses that it's like it's i know <laughs> uniquely mine nobody thought of that <laughs> and nobody like and like i like i was like years and i mean years late to twitter but that name was still available and then i and then, like a yeah. couple, like a year or so ago, I just make a I made a Reddit account just so I can have Chakalaka eighty eight on Reddit. You know, mm -hmm. so I have I have that on everything. So I'm glad that it is even when I'm late to a platform, uh, I can make a TikTok tomorrow, and I still Chakalaka eighty eight <laughs> will still be there waiting. You, for should, me. you should definitely get on that TikTok game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like I'm like an old man. Like fuck, like like I'm all convergently like no, fuck that. Like, yeah, you know. you're probably twenty years too old for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there um, you go. Any, anyway, so the, that's it for the housekeeping. We went way too long for just one really quick uh, shout out to give here. Twitch.tv at DanLeeMoan. You can find the link in the notes as well. Uh, but other than that, Lewis, have you played anything since last week? Nope, not at all. I was working <laughs> so much and I was sick and I only had one day off and I just used that day off to watch movies. Um, so really, I just played some more Fortnite. Um, I, 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 I went to the concert. Unfortunately, I didn't have quite the concert experience I wanted to because I was going to plan a, like a day around it with like mm -hmm. my friends and like like I wanted to treat it as if we were actually going to a concert together. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like uh, the 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 show was on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And on Thursday, I worked, and the only day I could possibly do it like at the earliest was Friday after work or sa or Saturday with my day off. And, and um, unfortunately, all of my friends that I was going to hang out with, they all basically did a virtual, they did it like a virtual, like attending a concert together. Like they made a day out of it. And like, I didn't get to be a part of that. And so when I went to the, the show, it was just me by myself. And I felt so lonely. Oh, you should, <laughs> next time that that's happening, you should text me. Not, not like I would necessarily be available or wanting to go. But if I am, I'll definitely, I'll definitely show up and, uh, and keep you company there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, um, and then beyond that, I, I made it to tier 100 and Fortnite, um, they extended the season. I may, it may be coronavirus related, but their the season is now extended. It was supposed to end today. Uh, season three was supposed to start tomorrow, but now it's going to be on June 3rd or something like that. It's June, the beginning of mm -hmm. June. So it's extended by like five weeks. So uh, beyond okay. that, that's pretty much all I got as far as my updates. Um, I, de I definitely want to play something new. I've been itching to, but just circumstances. Right. Yeah, that's understood. Uh, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to uh, play some uh, newer stuff as far as... Uh 
you know, I shouldn't say newer stuff. I mean, it's, it's stuff from your backlog because I don't think there's a lot of new actual new stuff that will be coming out uh, for probably a good portion of the year. I didn't play too much either. Uh, this might have been the week that I played games the least in a long time. I was mostly also just working. I uh, I did continue to play a little bit of the Death Stranding, a little bit of Animal Crossing here and there. I played a little bit of Fortnite too, but like I put in most like an hour into each of those probably. And uh, unfortunately with Death Stranding, you know, something I've been doing is that I actually have two PlayStation 4s. I have a PS4 Pro in my living room, and then I have a PS4 that I used to own before I bought the Pro. It's in my bedroom. So what I do sometimes is that I'll be playing in the living room, but then I want to go play in bed in the bedroom. So I'll upload my save and then download it from the bedroom and play it from there and then upload it, download it. I, I've been doing that. It works pretty well. Uh, but recently I played it for a bit in my bedroom and then I don't know what I did, but I think I went to upload a save and I uploaded the wrong thing and overrode something. Somehow I ended up losing, uh, a save, but it's not a big deal. Like I don't have to restart the game, but I did lose about like an hour worth of progress or so. Okay, so it's just kind of the worst. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's definitely not the worst, but it's just like, it just kind of demotivated me to keep playing. So like when I went to play again, I realized that I was going to have to redo the last one hour worth of, a work that i done in the game. I was just like, ah, fucking. And then I just turned on Fortnite. I played a couple <laughs> matches of Fortnite instead. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is like, is like having like the PS4 Pro version, like with the 4K and everything, is it really like the most, like, I don't know, necessary? I don't know what the word I'm looking Not for. Not at is all. It? Not at all. Well, okay. So first I need to be transparent about something and you're probably going to judge me about this. Louis, you're going to definitely judge my purchasing decisions here, but despite the fact that I bought a PS4 Pro, I have not yet bought a 4K TV. Oh my god, that was yeah. going to be my next, like when you started saying that, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to tell me the worst thing. Yeah. yeah that's like a cardinal <laughs> sin. It's like, why why even have a PS4 Pro, you know? I mean, granted, uh, I, I don't know. It was like a really good deal. And... Yeah, it was like a really good deal during Black Friday. I ended up spending like, it was like, I somehow i don't remember what the exact deal was and i i put it together with like a a coupon that i had and then i ended up getting the ps4 pro for like less than 200 bucks and it came with a game too it came with call of duty uh which i did end up playing so i was like okay well at this point the the console is like less than like 150 bucks basically so i'm just gonna get it and then i kind of impulsively got it i was planning on buying a 4k tv alongside it um Especially because now they've come down in price like a lot, significantly. Yeah, I know. So, so the idea was I was going to buy both. I was going to buy a PS4 Pro and a 4K TV. Uh, but then for whatever reason, uh, I don't know, like money started getting tight. I was like, ah, maybe, maybe this type, it's not something I need. Obviously both of them are not things I need. So I ended up not buying the 4K TV, uh, leaving that for next time. And so I, I have a PS4 Pro and I kind of don't really have a very strong reason to have it. Well, um, I mean, uh, like, I under- my understanding is that, like, it, like, downsamples, so, like, it renders it in 4K, so then when you push it out a 1080p image, you have a cleaner image because it's, like, it's, like, when you, when you, like, use, like, Microsoft Paint or whatever, and then you have, like, this badass PNG, but then you, like, zoom out and you can just see way better detail or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I've I- seen I was running- situations where, like, it works both ways. I was running into a lot of issues with my PS4 where things would sometimes freeze or things would stop working. Uh, like often like my controllers would stop working and I don't have to like reset them to, to get them to work again with the console or things would just freeze as I'm like going through the UI, opening the store, etc. And in my head, you know, I should have done more research on this, but I was like, you know, I've got the PS4 Pro. It's pretty cheap. Things are probably going to run better, maybe look a little bit better. And then when I get whenever I get the 4K TV, I'll get the I'll get the four benefits of having 4K. Um but then ultimately 
like most of the freezes and issues that I was having with the PS4, I actually still have with the PS4 Pro. Oh, um, the yeah. OS. Damn. Yeah. So Sony, Sony needs to get it together with that stuff, man. Because the, <laughs> do you, am I the, I, I can't be the only one that's experienced this, right? Like, do you, have you ever had these kinds of issues on your PS4? No, I can't say that I've had any issues with it. Like when my tile's freezing or something like that. Um, it just, hmm. I've had issues where like it made like stutter, like as far as like I press X and then it kind of like skips like five seconds and then it goes, you know, but beyond mm. that, no, nothing major. Yeah, I've had weird issues, but it's especially with things that require internet access. So who knows? It might have more to do with my internet, but it's like, it, it feels very spotty. Like the connection of the PS4 to the internet feels very spotty, I guess, even though like I don't have this problem with any other device in my home. So I will try to like, let me open the store in the PS4 and then it will be loading forever. And so I end up having to go into the settings, disconnect, connect again to the internet, and then I'll go to the store and then it will work. But then I'll use the store for literally 10 minutes before it happens again. And I have to do that again. Um, Can't and say similar that stuff. Some, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I've had weird issues, just the OS, like OS issues on the PS4. Um, and I, I've kind of seen some of them already in the PS4 Pro as well. But I don't want to run too long on this anymore. That's yeah. way off topic. We, we uh, have no updates on games we're playing, so we're rambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, right. let's uh, let's get started with some uh, coronavirus-related news. All right. To start, this comes our way from VentureBeat, as reported by Jeff Grubb. No Nintendo Direct planned for June due to work-from-home hurdles. Nintendo is telling partner developers it's not going to hold one of its Nintendo Direct video events in June. The publisher has had a June Direct to correspond with E3 every year since 2013. And before that, it held annual stage presentations. But complications brought about from Japan's work-from-home order, as part of its attempts to mitigate COVID-19, are forcing Nintendo to push back its schedule. Nintendo was putting together a June event. The company was lining up partners and was planning to unveil its first-party schedule for the rest of 2020. That included highlighting the Mario franchise's 35th anniversary, which is going to celebrate with the release of some classic 3D Mario games on Switch, according to various reports. But now, the company is far less certain. If it holds another Direct, it may not come until the very end of summer. I've reached out to Nintendo, the company did not respond for comment. But the company statement from the start of the March 26th Nintendo Direct Mini is, a good, a comment, is a good, uh, as good a comment as any. Open quote. Due to COVID-19, release dates and other information are subject to change. End quote. Nintendo is not unique in its struggles to adapt to a work-from-home model. That's especially true in Japan, where a number of companies are not prepared for this kind of shift. And even weeks after Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe enacted a state of emergency, corporations in the country are still trying to catch up. It turns out that you can't remote Japanese business culture in a handful of weeks. The issue is that while many people outside of Japan view the country as on the cutting edge of technology, this isn't, this isn't the case with all aspects of its business culture. In a story in the Washington Post, reporter Simon Denier explains that many IT departments and corporate strategies haven't changed in Japan since the 1990s. Companies still regularly use fax to send documents, and they have little awareness of cloud computing or video conferencing tools. Um, well, I'll finish this because there's only three more paragraphs here, but that tech aversion extends beyond the, beyond the workplace and into people's homes. As Yuri Kagemaya writes for the AP, open quote, many Japanese lack the basic tools needed to work from home, end quote. This includes personal computers, but often people don't even have Wi-Fi. The slow embrace of the cloud and other tools, however, is likely less about a fear of technology. Japan places supreme importance on conducting business with face-to-face -face meetings. Decision makers throughout the Japanese economy believe that they cannot show proper respect without appearing in person. Nintendo is working through how to maintain its culture while also keeping its workers safe, but that's going to take time. The publisher is also just not sure how to produce a high-quality direct outside of a studio. 
That's something you may figure out, but again, it's not going to rush through that to meet a June timeframe for an E3 that doesn't exist. I feel like those uh, last three paragraphs were very important because they give a lot of context. So, uh, what do you what do you think? Oh, this uh, this breaks my heart. Um, yeah, I, I honestly like this uh, like that meme like just comes to mind of like the guy that was crying and like in like the most like horrendously uh, like awful sounding way. Um, like that's that, that's me right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh <laughs> yeah. man, I I, uh, I I think I that's an old video. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I might have watched that before I even knew memes were a thing. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So that's me, like me right now, because like I'm just kind of like <laughs> just 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 cr- like heartbroken and crushed at the idea that there there may not actually be a uh, a Nintendo Direct in June where E3 would be. Um, it felt like that that's something that they would have done anyways, especially because they didn't need E3 to be a thing to just to get the, you know, get their news out, especially because after like May 29th, after Xenoblade, um, Xenoblade come, uh, comes out with the re-release, um, they don't have an uh, announced first party game that's dated beyond that day. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like that June Direct would have been perfectly um, timed to give us a roadmap to give nintendo fans a roadmap of what the second half of 2020 looks like as far as first party output especially because that's something that's you know kind of like needed for hype cycles and marketing and all that kind of stuff and absolutely and uh i mean i don't think this doesn't definitely doesn't rule it out that maybe they will have a july direct instead because they don't want to like you know meet an arbitrary deadline but at the same time it just kind of sucks yeah yeah i i'd say that uh at this point you know this year is fucked as far as I mean, in a lot of ways, right? Because of, because of this virus and because of this pandemic. Um, but especially, I think that we can no longer expect that anything is going to happen in the way that we would uh, like them to happen. And it's for, I guess, the the safety of everybody involved, and and it's totally understandable. And granted, it does you know hurt our hearts a little bit to know that we're not going to have an E three in any way at this point. Uh, we're not going to have even like centralized announcements during that time frame, I think, at all. If anything, we're going to have some small things that are going to be run by uh, E3, but by uh, IGN and uh, GameSpot, which we're about to get into as well. But this year is just going to be this is going to be an off year in many ways, I think, for a lot of people uh, and for the games industry as a whole and for the hype cycles, like you were saying, and things along those sides, uh, those Could lines you- as a whole. Whole. Could you imagine, like, if like Nintendo didn't do a direct and they just simply opted for tweets and YouTube drops, like they did with Mario Maker's update? I mean, it could happen, but I I don't necessarily think that's what's gonna happen. I just think that we're probably not gonna get anything for a while. Um, and then I think that when things are ready, then we are gonna get a direct. But maybe we're not gonna get it until, like I said, July, August, September. Who knows? Um, this is not in the coronavirus updates in, in any way right now, um, but I have actually, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of these details I can share. I, I don't remember right now if this is public or not, but I already know of some companies that are um, extending their work from home situation into October um, or being like just putting it out there for the employees that that they might be working from home until October so i don't know this is just a weird year man <laughs> i don't know yeah. what else to say um, all right we can't really let's... expect much <laughs> yeah, all right let's move on yeah so uh i mentioned GameSpot. so i'm gonna read this from uh gamesindustry.biz as written by rebecca valentine 
GameSpot has announced that it will hold a digital E3 alternative event this summer in partnership with major publishers to raise money for COVID-19 relief charity Direct Relief. The event, called Play for All, will begin in early June and take place across several weeks of livestream programming on GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and Metacritic channels. The programming will include publisher-led digital events, and the outlet has already secured partnerships with 2K Games, CD Projekt Red, Deep Silver, Amazon Games, Bethesda, Devolver Digital, Google Stadia, Larian Studios, Mythical Games, Bandai Namco, Perfect World Entertainment, Sega, and Square Enix. Additionally, gaming personalities such as Kind of, Funny, uh, kind of Funny's Greg Miller and No Clips' Daniel Dwyer will participate. Across the area's digital live events, viewers will be encouraged to donate to Direct Relief through GameSpot's team page. GameSpot is not the only media outlet to come forward with an E3 alternative, as IGN already announced its own Summer of Gaming event for early June in partnership with several major publishers. So I think it's kind of interesting to see that we're going to have the, you know, we're, we're used to having the, the console wars and, you know, Sony versus Microsoft or back in the day, like Nintendo versus Sega. And, and maybe this this year's E3, in quotes, will be IGN versus GameSpot. It's more like a media wars kind of thing, like who's yeah. going to dominate like uh, the traffic. I feel like uh, this is actually a pretty smart play. Um Simply because you can't, com- maybe you don't want to compete on announcements and stuff because maybe because IGN would kind of beat you to the punch, but you can sort of have like one of those kind of like telethon kind of things where it's like, you know, those old school kind of like, like donation drives. And I feel like that mm-hmm. also could, um, you know, inspire like uh, traffic or, you know, get traffic to you because, you know, you've got uh, Greg Miller and Daniel Dwyer doing some kind of crazy pie eating contest or something like that. I don't know, like just, yeah. <laughs> or some kind of like, you know, cooking challenge and like overcooked or I don't know, like they can do like different type of type of situations where um, they can get like some, some memes or some notoriety from that. I feel like that's a pretty good smart play and whoever thought of it needs a promotion. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's great that we're gonna at least get uh, something from these sites. I just, I personally feel a little bit about a little bit skeptical about the the number and quality and size of the news that we're gonna be getting. Um, I feel like most of the big publishers might uh, prefer to control their messaging on their own uh, through their own media channels, and I also feel like there's also just maybe not a lot to to say anyway from a lot of publishers. So I think we're going to get a lot of uh, tidbits and I think we're going to get a lot of uh, maybe a lot of like indies or, you know, uh, second party stuff and whatnot. But I don't think also, we're going to see. Also, much, I like, just wanted to say that stuff. this seems like when I looked at the list of the publishers, it feels like a carbon copy, like one for one as the IGN Summer of Gaming's partners that they already like Bandai Namco and Amazon Games and all that, mm-hmm. 2K and Deep Silver and like I feel like these are the same exact names on the on IGN's Summer of Gaming event it's like uh, I don't know it just kind of seems a little weird for me yeah it does and and I think I think there's it's going to be like I, I think, for instance, if 2K wants to talk about Game X, I think they're going to give IGN a trailer and GameSpot a trailer, and maybe one of them will have a tease, the other one will have gameplay, etc., and maybe one will kind of lead up to lead up to the other. We'll see how that will play out. It's a little bit weird because they are competitors, um, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of big stuff coming out of this, um, especially because I, at this point, I don't know if there will be a lot of big stuff coming out this year just in general with everything that's, that's been going on. Right, let's uh, move on here. This story, uh, as was written by Emma Kent at Eurogamer, UK devs are giving free games to NHS staff. 
It's a particularly tough time for frontline NHS workers right now, with services stretched and many overwhelmed with work due to the coronavirus outbreak. To help alleviate some of the stress, game companies in the UK have now launched an initiative called Games for Carers, which will distribute free games to NHS workers to use in their downtime. More than 85,000 free games from a variety of genres and platforms will be available for NHS staff to download in a campaign backed by companies such as EA, Codemasters, Konami, Jagex, Media Molecule, Xbox, Team 17, and more. The initiative was organized by UK games industry body Yuki along with sorry Yuki along with marketing firm Keymailer. Open quote. The UK games industry has been proud to play its part in conveying these vital public health messages during this national emergency, close quote, said UK CEO Joe Twist. Now our community has united again to say thank you to the truly extraordinary people who make up the NHS frontline team. Game companies of all sizes and players everywhere recognize their exceptional dedication and hope this initiative goes some way to help them to understand how respected and valued they are. NHS staff who want to claim their free game or subscriptions need only to visit the giveaway site and enter their NHS email address. It's a lovely idea and hopefully the games will help keep staff upbeat or at least keep family members entertained while they work. So I just wanted to bring this one up because, you know, we've, we talked about sort of positive um, things that, that are happening from the, that are coming out of the games industry during these uh, difficult times. And I, and I think it's cool as we think about video games role in society as, you know, educational or escapism, entertainment, a little bit of everything. Um, it's very cool to see how they're, the role that they're playing uh, during this pandemic as well, and to see companies like this have these kinds of initiatives. As I always say, this warms my cold gamer heart. <laughs> um, but I, as just as like a, as a, I don't know, I'm a little jaded and I have like my own personal biases against this type of situation as far as like, I, I don't know. I feel like somebody who's like a healthcare worker is, you know, is an adult. And I don't, I just have like this terrible stereotype that they're not going to be into like playing video games on their downtime. I don't know. That's just me personally though, but it does make sense. Maybe their family members can access it. You know, that that's cool too. Uh, but granted I'm overgeneralizing and I know that, but that's you, just, you uh, definitely are. I know. I know. I and I'll, I, yeah. I know, like when I think about it, like when I think of somebody who works at a hospital or whatever, I think of somebody who puts in like 20 hours you know, in a mm. row and doesn't have time and they're just, they're just tired. They don't want to play a game or watch a movie. They just want to go to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and they I do know it all somebody who's doing that and then comes home to play animal crossing. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, you, I, I see where you're coming from, and uh, I, I understand maybe where the stereotype could come from. But I think I think things have changed. I think in the tour, especially you know, like as as for for younger folks that are in these fields uh, nowadays in the 21st century, everybody games. You know, true, um, true. I think it's yeah. it's it, maybe they play different kinds of games, but um, I don't know. I, I think I think it definitely has its uh, has its place. Um, no, and I don't want to, and I'm not trying to poo-poo this story at all. I'm just saying I have oh, yes. my I, own I personal biases and stuff. And I was like, kind of like going a little bit on stereotypes and I'm, and I'm also caveating that I am doing that. So yeah. Yeah, I understand. Um, cool. So for this final one here on uh, coronavirus watch, I did, we have been talking about this. I feel like for a couple of weeks that it was <laughs> weird for GDC to, to announce their GDC summer event and to give it dates when we, it didn't even seem like things would necessarily be in a much better place by August, as far as we know. And I'll, re I'll read this as, as it was written by Rebecca Valentine on gamesindustry.biz. Uh, GDC Summer, the August replacement for the canceled March Game Developers Conference, has been shifted to an all-digital event due to COVID-19. 
The event was set previously for August 4th through 6th, with no word currently on whether or not these will be shifted to account for the event no longer taking place at San Francisco's Moscone Center. Open quote, as so many game developers embrace remote working arrangements and online collaboration or inspire it to adapt and deliver GDC in a digital format that will be available to everyone with an internet connection and will work hard to deliver the high quality content and networking opportunities GDC attendees have come to expect, uh, end quote, reads the announcement from GDC. GDC 2020 was canceled back in February, just weeks before the show, as concerns surrounding the spread of COVID-19 grew. The next in-person GDC event is still set for 2021. Oh my god. I laughed because I was like I read it and I was like, Oh, this is terrible. But also like it feels like GDC can't catch a break. And uh it just kinda seems like a little bit of like it's gotten so bad that it just started becoming funny now because it's like a garbage truck on fire. <laughs> it's like I they don't all, understand. I, I part, of, I part of me almost kinda wishes they could just like just cancel summer GDC and just like say it's not it GDC the digital event already happened and you don't need I know. to do it again. That's why I don't understand this like and I, I already didn't understand why they were setting a date for it so far in advance when everything seemed so unknown. Why not just like they canceled it? They did their digital stuff. They already did like a week worth of like live streams and whatnot. Like call it a day. That's it. They should have done that. And then a few like a few weeks after canceling, they come out and say, oh, we're going to be doing this still on August 4th through 6th. It was already not going to be the same thing. It was probably not. It's not going to be as big, probably not going to be as great. Most people are probably not attend anyway. And we didn't even know what the situation is going to be like in August. I mean, uh, right now that it's like, what, like three months away. And I mean, GamesCon would have been in August as well. It was already canceled. Other events have already been canceled around that time. So, of course, that that wouldn't happen, even if things started getting better right now. The amount of time that it would take until we smooth back into our traditional lives would probably not afford for people to be able to go to this event uh, in, in the scale yeah. that they would yeah. expect people to go to this event. So we're living very unprecedented times right now, and I don't think it made sense for them to schedule it for that those dates to begin with. So now... Well, didn't yeah, they set, they set that those dates before the lockdowns happen, if I'm not mistaken? Like, I think whenever they? they got, because they was canceled in February, and this is before the whole quarantine and social distancing. Yeah. I felt like there was some semblance of expectations that this would just kind of like die down. But I don't think they had the foresight to realize that this was going to be a full on pandemic because it wasn't a pandemic at that time. Um, I have, I'll give them some slack on that, but yeah. I just kind of, I kind of, even even then, I, I think we might have to check the tapes, but I was kind of of the opinion that the summer GDC summer shouldn't have happened. They should have just went a whole year, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, at this point, I, I think they should just cancel this. I don't really I don't really see the point, um, but that's that's just me. Um, all right. Let's get into some uh, traditional news. Our first big story here comes from, uh, I found, I got this uh, article at Polygon. I thought that it encapsulated it pretty well as written by Michael McWhorter. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming this holiday and you can watch the first trailer right now. Uh, you can click the, the link to the article from the show notes if you'd like to, to see it. Ubisoft is bringing the next game in the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, to Google Stadia, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X this holiday. The company revealed the first details on the game, it's set in the 9th century against England's Dark Ages, and released the debut trailer on Thursday. Assassin's Creed Valhalla will star Eivor, a Viking raider and clean leader, and clone leader. Players can choose to play as a female or male Eivor, and will be able to customize her or him with a selection of hair, tattoos, clothing, war paint, and gear, Ubisoft says. 
Assassin's Creed's traditional open-world action-adventure gameplay will return, and Valhalla will build on that foundation with raids, settlement building and expansion, and political influence mechanics. Open quote. Political alliances, combat decisions, and dialogue choices can influence the world of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so players must choose wisely to protect their clan's home and future. End quote. Ubisoft said in a news release. Ubisoft Montreal, the studio behind Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Origins, is leading the development of Valhalla. Here's Ubisoft's official story breakdown for the game. Driven from Norway by endless wars and dwindling resources in 9th century AD, players will lead Ivor's clan of Norsemen across the icy North Sea to the rich lands of England's broken kingdoms. Players must carve out a new future for their clan, relieving the ruthless fighting style of Viking warriors with a revamped combat system that includes the ability to dual-wield weapons against a greater variety of enemies than ever before. To secure resources, players can lead raids to select locations using their longship to earn much-needed riches and supplies. As the Vikings begin to settle in their new home, they encounter resistance from the Saxons, including King Aethrod of Wessex, who denounces them as heathens and looks to be the sole ruler of a civilized England. Against all odds, Eivor must do what is necessary to keep Valhalla within reach. The Windows PC version of Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be available via the Epic Games Store and Ubisoft Store and will be included as part of Ubisoft's Uplay Plus subscription service. You can check the article uh, on Polygon and there's a lot of other places, all websites are reporting on this right now, uh, to see some screenshots as well as the as as well as trailers. Um, as well as the trailer for the game. So are you excited for this, Lewis? The hype cycle, yes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really uh, an Assassin's Creed person, so I'm just happy that some big AAA game is coming out this holiday, and we might have like a we're gonna have a PS5, uh, an Xbox Series X um, showcase that looks looks dope. I saw the trailer in 4K; it was really really beautiful and awesome, and and it just kind of puts uh, it kind of you know puts me up there with the uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, I believe, when I saw like that first 4K trailer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Oh, it was like might have been Origins. I don't know. But anyways, uh, I thought it was actually pretty interesting that there was like I think uh, I think this wasn't in the article, but I, I read that this was like there was like eighteen different studios working on this one game, which is insane. Like how do you wrangle this mm. much like coordinate bet- between such big teams and that are uh, like in different places and stuff? Granted, I understand the whole work from or like commuting or like skyping and stuff, but it's just like it's such mm. a big network and undertaking to like manage so many umbrellas. But yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm happy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think it's cool that we're getting a new Assassin's Creed. Uh, I think it's cool when they when they take the the years off, and and it, I ha- I think it helps build some more excitement for for the next game. I mean, uh, Odyssey is now from uh, 2018, so by the time this game comes out, we will not have uh, most of us will not have played an Assassin's Creed game in a while. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I do enjoy the Assassin's Creed games. I I haven't beaten the majority of them. I've I've played a good portion of them, at least a little bit. Um, I, I didn't, gla- I didn't get into Odyssey that much. Uh, the last Assassin's Creed game that I really got into was really Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which you might be hearing a little bit more about that later in the episode. Spoilers. Um, I think the theme of this game is really cool. I really like Viking stuff. Um, you know, it makes me think that I was just watching this anime a few months ago called Villain Saga. If you, if you're into anime, you should probably go watch this one. It's really good. Um, it, it, they just, they just ran it a few, uh, seasons ago and it was based in this manga that, that I read as well. Um, but so, so I like, I like the setting. I like what they're going for. I like the style. However, I also tend to not really get that excited about things like this until I really see a little bit more of the gameplay. Um, unless it's, 
a couple other franchises that I'm just way too hype about. Um, but for this right now, you know, we just got kind of like a tease, a, a cinematic trailer. I shouldn't, it's not a tease. It's, it's a full length trailer, but it's a cinematic trailer. And um, I'm kind of holding off on the excitement until we, we see a little bit more. I just thought that it was very interesting or very funny that they decided to start their hype cycle with an eight-hour live stream of somebody yes. in Photoshop. Yeah, the way that they announced this was very interesting. They they just did a really long live stream of somebody, uh, I think I guess painting a a picture in, in Photoshop or something, and uh, at the end, after as they finished the painting, it got revealed that it was an image from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I didn't actually see it. I mean, but it sounds I, like they basically created the key art like right then and there. So you watch the key art being made, and it looks pretty cool. I saw the time lapse version of it, and it was mm-hmm. it was like very like meticulous and stuff, and uh, uh, it looked beautiful. So cool. <laughs> All right. Um, so now I'm gonna read this one from Eurogamer, as written by Tom Phillips. Watch out! Huge The Last of Us Two story spoilers are spreading online, and don't worry, we are not gonna be reading any spoilers here in the show. Um. Let me find, this has an update, so I want to find the original story first. There we go. Uh, Massive spoilers for The Last of Us 2 are now circulating online in what is a devastating leak for Naughty Dog. Video footage showing cutscenes and gameplay, including several pivotal scenes, is available to view online. Having seen them myself, you don't want to go anywhere near these if you care at all about the game. The first videos have been pulled from YouTube and Reddit by Sony, citing copyright concerns, but other versions are still being linked elsewhere. Discussion on social media is now rife on what the plot points mean for the game. There's a sense that Genie is out of the bottle. So needless to say, be careful where you click online if you don't wish to be spoiled. It's a situation only made worse by the fact there's no knowing how long you need to remain unspoiled for it, as The Last of Us 2 was recently delayed indefinitely due to the ongoing, due to the ongoing global pandemic which that has already, we're going to have an update on that soon too. Um, So then a further update on this story, Sony has responded to the news that massive The Last of Us Part 2 story spoilers have leaked online, telling Eurogamer, open quote, we're disappointed that anyone will release unauthorized pre-launch footage of The Last of Us Part 2, disrupt years of Naughty Dog's hard work, and ruin the experience of fans worldwide, end quote. Open quote again. We want everyone to have the opportunity to play The Last of Us Part 2 at the same time and ask that viewing or sharing of the unauthorized footage be avoided. End quote. Naughty Dog has also released its own statement via Twitter, writing, We know the last few days have been incredibly difficult for you. We feel the same. It's disappointing to see the release and sharing of pre-release footage from development. Do your best to avoid spoilers, and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last of Us Part Two will be in your hands soon. The developer concluded, No matter what you see and hear, the final experience will be worth it. Sony earlier confirmed a revised release date of, 9th, of June 19th for The Last of Us Part Two on PlayStation 4, following its delay until further notice last month. And I'm also the, other than The Last of Us Part Two getting its confirmed release date of June uh, June 19th, we also got a confirmed uh, date for Ghost of Tsushima, which is now moving to July 17th. So we're getting mid-June, we're getting The Last of Us, mid-July, we're getting Ghost of Tsushima, if those titles do not get delayed again. So this is very sad. Um, I did not uh, come across this. It's really I don't. I'm hoping that this is not gonna influence my enjoyment of the game at all because I'm gonna do my best to avoid the spoilers. I'm not gonna pursue them, and I trust that my Twitter timeline and the the people that I follow on my circles are will be kind enough to not uh, spoil it for me. But you never know. Um, and I know that people out there have been spoiled on it. So I'm sorry if that was the case with you. I'm sure you can still uh, have a good time with the game, but I know that sucks. So um, shame, shame on you to those people that have uh, leaked this this footage. 
Yeah, I just um, I, I'm glad I don't uh, I don't know the spoilers. I didn't seek them out either. I don't want to seek them out. Um, I've been Same. anticipating this game so much that I wouldn't want to ruin that experience. And uh, luckily for me, I'm sort of I I haven't tested this out in my adult years, but as growing up when I was like in high school and younger, like I was immune to spoilers as far as like, you can tell me the ending of something, but I'll still be shocked when I get to it. You know, you're like, mm -hmm. and I would still feel like that. Oh Do my you God. forget? That no, why? no. It's more like, I don't believe you. You know what mm, I mean? Like, I see. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't think even if it's true, I don't, I'm going to go on the assumption that it's you're you're trolling me or that like, like, no, this doesn't quite add up. And then, you know, how we get there and then, you know, that kind of thing. So, but like, as an adult, I haven't had a, I haven't had a situation where I had spoiled something. Um, I somehow seem to be very lucky when it comes to avoiding spoilers or stuff um, on TV shows, movies and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't social media as much as, as most people. Uh, right. <laughs> that's probably that. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll get things spoiled for me on social media, and I'm I'm never happy about it. But you know, a lot of times I kind of see it as uh, my own fault in a, in a way. Like if it's something old, you know, it's something that's been around for a while, and uh, and I was like looking at a page that's related to it or follow people that talk about it. I feel like okay, well, I could have avoided this if I if it was that important to me, and I usually just kind of get over it. But it, but it would suck to get something spoiled before the game is even out for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I was I was very lucky with the with the Last of Us part one with the original game that even though I actually played it a few months, I think after the game com came out, um, perhaps no, perhaps more than that, perhaps almost like a year after the game came out, I think um, I didn't know like anything about the game. Like I'd seen like, you know, I'd seen the cover art and I'd seen like maybe some screenshots, but I, I didn't really know like anything about the story of the game. To the point that even what happens in that first scene, um, which is very, you know, very famous. Uh, a lot of people that listen to this might know, but I'll, I'll still not say it just in case because uh, we don't want to spoil anything as we're talking about spoilers. But even that first scene, that caught me off guard. And, and a lot of people apparently already knew about that before they played the game. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, because of the what they knew for, from the game, because of the the pre-release you know trailers and etc that they've seen about the game they were already expecting that to happen um i wasn't actually like i knew that there was a disconnect there but i didn't really know it was going to end that way i had no idea that it was going to end that way uh so that totally caught me off guard and, and that whole game caught me off guard like no, nothing that happened during that game story i really saw coming um and i'm really hoping that that's the, that that i'm i was going to have that experience again with the last of us part two and um it still might be the case um but well, yeah. this whole article basically, like, you know, the whole huge spoilers are online right now. I already have, like, my own theory as to what the spoiler is. And I and I just kind of, by by framing that there is a massive spoiler online, I already, my head went to a specific scenario. And mm, I'm like, I see. and I'm like, oh, man, that's going to suck if that's true. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> inevitable that just by knowing this, your head already goes into, because if, if nothing big happened in the game, then there would be no major spoiler out there. But at the same time, you know, then um, you would you would know that that wouldn't be the case with, with The Last of Us, yeah. and I, I guess. Um, but let's move on before we, we start spoiling more stuff. Actually, before we move on, why do you think of the new dates? Oh, I yeah. Think still... I, I just wanted to say that um, the, the date for June 19th, there's no way that Sony would put out a tweet saying that we're de delaying the game indefinitely, knowing that it was going to be a three-week delay. Uh, yeah, my whole stipulation odd. is that they are, or my whole hypothesis on the situation is that they only put a date out because of the spoilers. And, the, yeah, and because I of can that, see that being the, the case. terrorists won. 
Yeah, it it seemed a little weird to me too, like especially cuz they didn't delay it that long ago. I feel like they delayed it less than a month ago and now they're they're announcing a date that's only a few weeks after. I'm surprised. I thought it was it was going to take us longer to to learn a date. Um I I think it's a little bit odd. I I don't really know what to think of it other than Maybe they got the, their distribution issues taken care of. Maybe they've decided that even if they have to release the game digital only, they don't care. Um, you know, the it could be that now that things are out in the wild, that they have a bigger imperative to put the game out as soon as they can. Um, maybe before they didn't mind maybe waiting a few extra months, even after the game was done, to release it until the distribution stuff got taken care of. But perhaps now that they all these spoilers out there, they're like, okay, well, we got to put the game out um, as soon as we can, because otherwise... Um, people are just going to come across it and then create their own stories before they actually get, have a chance to play the game. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I can see why, uh, it, it would be correlated in one way or another, but we'll, we'll see. I, I just hope that, uh, I just hope that the game actually comes out in that, in that date now, even if it ends up being a digital release, uh, if the distribution issues have not been sorted out yet. I like how it goes to Tsushima got bumped even by no fault of its own. Like I'm pretty sure it was going to be or done or if not already done or close to being done and it's going to be hit its release date, but they were like, no, 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 you're going to have to wait and sit on the bench a little longer. Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, I almost kind of hope that that's the case because I, I wouldn't have wanted them to release both games. A lot of people say, oh, the games are so close together. I, I, I don't think they're that close together, either even before and now. Like, they they are, like, almost a month apart. Um, I think that it, it would have been bad if they if they bumped, uh, like, if they moved Last of Us and then now both games came out within a week of each other or something along those lines. Um, so I think a month is good. I think, you know, because The Last of Us Part Two, I mean... The, the Naughty Dog games, they, they can be kind of long, but they're, they're but they're not that long. Like, Last of Us Part Two is a game that the people that get it day one, they'll have it beat within, like, two weeks, you know? So so it makes sense to uh, it makes sense to have uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I think, uh, coming out a month later. I don't think they're necessarily cannibalizing on each other. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. So for our next story here, 2K announces arcade-style WWE 2K Battlegrounds addresses Sim series concerns. This was reported by Wesley in Pool uh, from Eurogamer. 2K has announced an arcade-style WWE game and addressed concern about the fate of the simulation series. WWE 2K Battlegrounds is a brawler by World War Z and NBA 2K Playgrounds developer Saber Interactive, and it's out autumn 2020. Which I would say that that I think that's fall 2020, as um, as written in British. <laughs> it uh, it features stylized depictions of famous wrestlers. With outlandish moves and environments, expect more on the game soon. Until then, here's the trailer. You can click the link to go check that out. Meanwhile, 2K has addressed concerns about the future of its Sim series. After it emerged, WWE 2K21 was canceled following the disastrous release of WWE 2K20. In an open letter to fans, 2K pointed to the five title updates it released and have released for WWE 2K20 since launch and promised servers for WWE 2K19 will remain active for the time being. As for the next sim game, 2K said it won't release a new game this year, open quote, to ensure the development team at Visual Concepts can create a great game that will entertain grizzled WWE 2K veterans as well as newcomers who want to climb through the ropes and step into the ring for the very first time, end quote. WWE 2K20 was the first game in the series primarily developed by Visual Concepts, the US studio responsible for the NBA games. Prior to this entry, the WWE games were co-developed by Visual Concepts and Japanese studio Yukis. To turn WWE 2K around, the company has hired Patrick Gilmore as executive producer. 
Gilmore was most recently boss of Amazon Games, which is about to release an MMO called New World. Open quote, we ho hope you find this news as exciting as we do. We are confident it will lead to better games in the future, 2K said. I don't think I've ever read the world, though. <laughs> I think I've read the word or the acronym WWE more times in this article than I have in my entire life up to this point. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I can but, see you were kind of a little struggling there. It was like a tongue twister. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, actually, when you're, when you're saying that all the time. It's the WWE, 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 <laughs> plus like World War Z and et cetera. Yeah, it, it, this one definitely tripped me up a little bit. Uh, anyway, the, the trailer for this game looks great. The Battlegrounds game. You should def you should all definitely check check it out. Um, it, it looks pretty fun. I I've played uh, WWE games before, uh, back in the I think it was like the PS3 and PS2 days, and and they were great. And I'm excited to see what they can do with with uh, with a game in this style. Yeah, they gave. Uh, but uh, I'll let you take it away. They gave John Cena a Shoryuken, and they <laughs> and then the Rock throw through John Cena at a crocodile, and then he had his mouth open, ready to take a bite out of him, and. It seems kind of fun. It seems very interesting that they are going with the whole arcadey, cartoony aspect of it, and I think that's what made it fun. Especially like when, they, when I think about like the old games. When I think of classic WWE, yeah, I can't even do it once. See, it's it's I can't hard. <laughs> when I think of those classic uh, of wrestling games, uh, it was uh, like the N sixty four, like the four players, like everyone all just kind of like just bashing at each other, kind of thing, cage matches. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's really good. It's a good direction for them to go go in. Um, as far as the Sims games, uh, like it just two K, two K twenty or is it was it uh, two yeah two K twenty I believe was the one that was just a garbage truck on fire and it was just had all these like glitches and stuff and yeah it was just terrible and like it's the worst mm -hmm. way to go out and I feel like for most wrestling fans like that's pretty much those same games are gonna be the closest thing you can get to real like wrestling that you can because you can't really watch it on TV anymore. I think they even tried to do wrestling uh, without an audience, but it just kind of it just doesn't work. You can't do that show without like an audience booing right. or cheering or whatever, you know. Yeah, the audience is such a big part of it. Yeah, so um, it just kind of I was gonna say it sucks for the Sims, and I think they they need to take a year off. They definitely need time to really iron out these these bugs and these these uh, glitches because they cannot they cannot launch an inferior product uh, that's just that just goes for like just any mode of any business models really yeah absolutely cool so i'm going to read this one now from uh polygon is written by patricia hernandez new animal crossing patch tries fixing the broken bell economy Animal Crossing New Horizons' big Earth Day update went live a little earlier than expected, and in addition to bringing in new vendors like Leaf the Sloth, the patch also tries putting a band-aid on the game's hyperinflated economy. When you log in, your mailbox should contain a new letter from the Bank of Nook, which informs you that from now on, the interest rate earned on, on stored bells will go down. The letter is apologetic, offering players a gift in exchange for the inconvenience. It's a giant bell bag rug. No specific numbers are shared, but basically you make a little less money. Why would Nintendo do this? Well, it's no secret that the Animal Crossing economy is hilariously easy to uh, to game right now. Thanks to websites like turnip.exchange, you can always find an island with a great veggie buying price, or maybe you have a good network of friends who can offer you constant access to special events. Maybe you went ham on Tarantula, Tarantula, yeah. Maybe you went ham on Tarantula Island. Perhaps you, like many others, duplicated the hack out of some high-priced items back before that exploit was patched out. Maybe you're time-traveling your way to riches. Truly, the avenues for becoming a billionaire are vast. While it's unlikely that many folks wholly relied on the bank interest to rake in their bells, it's one of the few things Nintendo does have control over. 
I'm guessing this will do little to stop folks from having millions in the bank though. That said, if you download the latest update, you should also get a letter from Nintendo with a world map that you can hang in your house. Cool. I think so, you would know uh, more about this than me, but as far as uh, I know about like the duplicating item exploit, I know that like I saw on Twitter one of my friends how they paid off Tom Nook, and I guess maybe you're not supposed to. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Uh, I oh, also he like paid how him you... off like completely. Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, you're no mm. longer indebted to him. Uh, yeah, the way it work, the game works is that like you pay him off, and then whenever you pay him off, you take on another loan for something. Um, so it's just like kind of like this constant cycle. So I don't know if you could ever like my yeah. assumption is that there would be an end to it, you know, because <laughs> they they programmed it. Like I would I would assume that they there would have been a, a limited since they all the things were manually programmed in some way that there would be a limit to how much you can uh, you can do before you know you're done. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I but. think I'm. I've got. I have not played an Animal Crossing game, so but my understanding is that you're the game is basically. Um, programmed in such a way that it's the, the presumption is that you're always going to be indebted to him so i don't know maybe mm -hmm. i don't know if the point of the game is to actually pay him off but rather to take on more and more loans to do these expanding projects and stuff you know so bigger houses bigger towns better swag out island and all that kind of stuff so um yeah um i, I <laughs> animal crossing i know that there's so many exploits i think ever since the first game it's been it's been kind of like uh the series as a whole has been like predicated on exploits so um this yeah. this is the kind of kind of things that happens when you have like uh, an economy um especially when you're trading and like uh turnips and stuff and you know what's your what's your price and i've seen those dms where it's like what are what are your, your turnips selling for you know that kind of thing so yeah it, it just kind of this this amuses me and uh i'm glad nintendo is at least trying so there's that yeah I uh, well, I've uh, I've played I played the game, but I, I've been playing it quite casually, and I I haven't really done that much on it yet, and I I haven't really done any other serious uh, money exploits. I haven't even done much with the uh, turnips at all. Um, so so even some of this goes over my head a little bit, but um, I will say that I think that with the age of social media and where we're at today, I don't I don't think there's really much they can do. I think they can chase the exploits, but I think people are just gonna find different ones. Um. I mean, you never know. They might be able to to uh, close out the gaps and, and make sure things work as intended exactly in the way that they intended it. But with the amount of people that are playing this game right now and sharing everything on social media with the way that the community of this game works, I feel like the exploits, like you said, are kind of part of the game. You know, they're, they're part of the fun. It's, it's talking with your friends and interacting in social media and looking at guides and figuring out all these different techniques that you can do to... Uh, kind of game the systems of the game and I, I guess it might not have been how Nintendo intended the game to be played but I do think that you know there's a saying that says after after you've made art and you put it into the world it's kind of not yours anymore and people will take from it what they want to take from it and that you know you can't you can't as an author go in later and say like oh no that's not what it is I mean you can but whatever people took from it that's what the art is you know the art is bigger than the the, the author so oh, I think all of those things are part of what makes this game yeah. special and interesting and so viral um, so I think that they, they're going to be chasing it. They're going to try to close some of the gaps and, and maybe some of them are going to be for good, but, uh, ultimately there's always going to be things that I think people are going to find ways to exploit. And I think that's part of the fun. Mm, they're the classic death of the author. I like it. <laughs> um, I'm just going to, this, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the link in there so that people can check it out, but, but just a quick comment. Um, the Elijah Wood has visited an Animal Crossing player's island to sell turnips. And I thought this was uh, kind of cute and wholesome. So, uh, somebody had tweeted something on Twitter, and then uh, I think Elijah Wood re responded to it, being like, oh, yeah, can I visit your island? And then they let them in, and then uh, there's, like, screenshots of their interactions with him in the game and whatnot. 
Um, so, you know, kind of cute. So you can definitely go check that out if you're into it. He was very polite. I saw the story too. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, and, and this one, you know, when I was going through the news, I, I skipped it, but, but I'm going to go through it here, uh, real quick, uh, as written by Tom Phillips on Eurogamer again, lots of Eurogamer articles today. Uh, Nintendo has published an English language statement on today's announcement that its account system has suffered a privacy breach affecting up to 160,000 people. This was from April 24th, 2020, by the way. In the statement, Nintendo says that at present, there was no evidence to suggest Nintendo's own databases, servers, or services have been accessed. This again suggests the login data used to access accounts was obtained elsewhere, a tactic known as credential stuffing. To protect accounts going forward, Nintendo will not detail more of how the attack took place. Finally, as we reported earlier, login via Nintendo Network ID has been disabled, and our users are highly recommended to enable two-factor authentication immediately. So if you have a Nintendo account, you might want to go and do that if you don't have it enabled yet. I actually don't even think I do. Um, but here's the Nintendo statement in full. We would like to provide an update on the recent incidents of unauthorized access to some Nintendo accounts. While we continue to investigate, we would like to reassure users that there is currently no evidence pointing towards the breach of Nintendo's databases, servers, or services. As one action in our ongoing investigation, we are discontinuing the ability to use a Nintendo Network ID to sign into a Nintendo account. Our other options to sign in to a Nintendo account remain available. As a further precaution, we'll soon contact users about resetting passwords for Nintendo Network IDs and Nintendo accounts that we have reason to believe were accessed without authorization. In addition, we also continue to strongly encourage users to enable two-step verification for the Nintendo account and etc. So anyway, long story short, there was a breach of security in Nintendo accounts. So it's probably a good idea if you have a Nintendo account to go and change your password, maybe enable two-factor authentication, etc. I am doing that right now as we speak. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that just kind of sucks because I, I have a, a Nintendo Network account. Those are only mm -hmm. the Nintendo Network IDs. Those are from the Wii U and the 3DS days. Um, I, I get so confused, by the way, whenever I want to access my Nintendo account because I'm pretty sure I created with I created it with the Nintendo Network ID on the Wii U days, like you said, or maybe 3DS, and then now they have like a different account, but then... You go in and then I always try to log in with some credential and it doesn't work. And then I have to log in, like try again. And then eventually I can log in. But it's like there's like multiple accounts that are linked into one centralized account. I think it's kind of confusing the way they have it, honestly. Yeah, I don't uh, know I mean, why works. They, just, they didn't just keep on the Nintendo Network ID side, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit odd. Um, but just to wrap up our segment here, just uh, three extra news. Number one, DayZ creator Bohemia Interactive has closed its development studio in Bratislava. Number two, Nintendo is shutting down most of its eShop, 3DS, and Wii U distribution platforms across Latin America and the Caribbean. This is not all, ter all territories, but it's the majority of the territories. Uh, so if you, if you use eShop, 3DS, and Wii U in Latin America and the Caribbean, you might want to go check it out to, make, to see what's the status on your, um, on your country. And number three, the release date for Black Forest Games' Destroy All Humans remake has been revealed with the game launching on July 28th, 2020. And I'm going to throw in two more extra news items. EA um, uh, kills Battlefield Five and, and ceasing development on new content. And Nintendo discontinues three Joy-Con colors. So, yeah. What were the, what were, what were the colors? Gray, yellow, and uh, Mario Odyssey Red. Okay. Yeah. Which is gray is interesting because gray is kind of standard. Like when I think yeah, of like isn't a, that the default. Yeah, it's like the default. Like the play, uh, PlayStation black controllers, Xbox black controllers, kind of thing. Like, kind of like the 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 gray controllers are like the the defaults, and it kind of seems kind of. 
I don't know. It kind of seems kind of very unintuitive, but also it kind of makes a little sense if I think about it. Because when I think if somebody's going to go to a store and they're going to buy Joy-Cons, they're going to want to buy colors to like yeah. mix and match. So maybe it doesn't suit them to have grays that sit on a store shelf. All right. That's fair. Uh, Lewis, are you ready to uh, take it away with a new releases segment? All right. Let's do it. What are you buying? All right. So here we go. Uh, Indivisible launches on Nintendo Switch without developers' knowledge. little funny story. Uh, Lab Zero, uh, Metroidvania uh, action RPG Indivisible, launched on the Nintendo Switch North America eShop today, surprising everyone, including its developers. Uh, it feels like you missed that an- the announcement, said project lead Mike Zaymont on Twitter today. You're not alone. Our team found out because people on Twitter sent us congratulations. I had no idea, but there it is. Uh, <laughs> Zaymon continued uh, in a tweet thread uh, noting that while the Switch version is great it's an older build of the game that is missing features that were added oh, more man. recently to other platform releases of the game including co-op and New Game Plus he concluded by okay. apologizing saying that the launch does not represent the quality standard of Lab Zero and was released without any prior release date uh, announcement or lead up PR Zaymont also commented in a reply to another Twitter user that he did not know when Switch codes for Indiegogo backers or a physical Switch version would be released. 505 has not uh, issued an official statement, though it is announced an hour ago that the game was now also available on the European eShop and that Japanese, Korean, and Southeast Asian versions would be launched in the future. Uh, Additionally, US Gamer reports that in a message on, on the official 505 Discord channel, the publisher has said it is looking into what occurred. Uh, that's very funny. And um, yeah, the developer-publisher relationship kind of like broke down there. And I'd imagine that the coronavirus had something to do with it. Like um, maybe there were plans in place or something like that, but maybe things like uh, wires got crossed. But my whole thinking is, is um, well, actually that's something that's not mentioned in this article, which is very great, is that if you buy, you can buy uh, this game right now on the switch at a at a sale as an apology for these missing features so you can get it on oh, the cheap cool. yeah i might check it out because i was actually interested in that game i actually know somebody that worked a little bit on that game and um yeah i as far as i know i mean i mean i like it, it would be funny to believe that uh maybe some developer released the switchboard on his sleep or something and then like woke up to find out that uh that had been released but i think they had a separate developer or a like a, a third-party partner working on the Switch port. It wasn't the actual studio that worked on the game, and then they uh, they were communicating probably directly with the publisher without direct involvement from the original developers of the game. So it's, yeah, it's it's a little odd. Definitely some miscommunication there. Definitely not how you would normally expect a publisher-developer relationship to go, but, you know, things like that happen sometimes. Which is really interesting because, like, it is a... There are hurdles that you have to jump through to release on an eShop. Like, there are certifications and... And things like that. I don't know how you have these things get missed, but it is what it, it wasn't, is. It wasn't released by accident. I mean, it it must have. That's the thing. It's like they must have intentionally released it. They just didn't tell the developer for whatever reason, which that's the weird thing. Okay. You cool. know. Uh, so here's the uh, the big game uh, release here of the week. Uh, again, we are, as when I run this segment, we pull, <laughs> we squeeze uh, water out of rocks here. Uh, it is John Wick Hex which is going to be releasing on the PS4. And it looks like it's already been out on PC because uh, I'm reading this blurb from the uh, from the Epic Game Store because uh, you can actually buy it now. And it was released on October 8th of 2019. But I believe this one oh, okay. comes out on Tuesday, is it? Is it the May 5th, I believe? Uh, but yeah. Yes. Uh, so 
Here is the blurb. So become the Baba Yaga. John Wick Hex is a fast-paced, action-oriented strategy game that makes you think um, and strike like John Wick, the professional hitman of the critically acclaimed film series. Uh, created in, clo- in close cooperation with the creative teams behind the film, John Wick Hex is a fight choreographed chess brought to life as a video game, capturing the series' signature gun-fu style while expanding its story uh, universe. Players must make quick decisions and choose every action and attack they make, all the while considering their immediate costs and consequences. So this is uh, developed by um, the developer Bithel Games, um, a.k.a. Mike Bithel, and he has made some dope uh, PS Vita games uh, in the past, including my favorite, uh, Thomas Was Alone. Yep, I really like that game too. Now, uh, is that it for the new releases, Lewis? Yes, it is. All right, so uh, let's talk about our deals of the week. All right, so uh, for the uh, free games for this week is on the Epic Game Store. Um, Epic Game Store has actually now uh, moved forward with uh, two-factor authentication being a requirement to claim your free games. So in case you didn't already do that, you're going to have to like make like an email address or a phone number. I think it's an email, actually. I don't think they do phone numbers just yet. But uh, basically, uh, two-factor authentication is something that's more secure. So they're making sure that you are the one who's logging in and not anyone else. So have fun with that. Luckily for me, I already have that because of Fortnite. Um, but the free games uh, that are free this week is Amnesia, Dark Descent, and Crashlands uh, that are going to be free until May 7th. So I'm going to read the blurb for Amnesia Dark Descent. Uh, the last remaining memories fade away into darkness. Your mind is a mess and only and only a feeling of being haunted remains. You must escape. Awake. Amnesia The Dark Descent. A first-person survival horror. A game about immersion, discovery, and living through a nightmare. An experience that will chill you to the core. You stumble through the narrow corridors as, they dis- as, a- as the distant cry is heard. It is getting closer. So that looks very interesting. And... Uh, yeah, I can see the, the the video footage here on Epic Games, and uh, it's got a lot of like blurry things going. And uh, oh my god, that looks like a zombie. Oh, okay, I can't do this game. I am not gonna play this. <laughs> oh my god, that mouth. Oh god. Okay. Uh, to the survival horror people, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a win, but not for me. I'm not a fan of, of scary games. <laughs> Wait, were you not were you not familiar with uh, Amnesia before this? Uh, I I'm pretty sure I have it on Xbox One. I might have been a free game that I claimed on Games with Gold. Mm-hmm. But I've never launched it. It's been around for a while. I I think I I think I played it. I don't think I played it extensively, but I think I played it around the time that it came out, at least a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you're if you're into that sort of thing, I th- if I remember correctly, it's one of those horror games where your lack of control and the lack of actions that you can do in the game are part of what builds the the horror element of it. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, you know kind of like outlast in that way i think okay all right so we got a lot of uh cool like uh free games that are being given out so sega wants you to give uh, total war shogun 2 uh for free as a thank you for staying at home so um i'm not going to read the full article but basically uh it says here that starting uh the april 27th uh, right up until tomorrow which is the day the podcast launch may 1st uh you can you can claim uh Total War Shogun 2, and it's uh, it's going to be available via Steam, and it's yours to keep, and um, that's the sale. That's basically, it's free, so it looks, uh, I haven't seen the video of it. I don't know what this game is. Have you heard of this before by any, by any chance? 
I'm I'm roughly familiar with the Total War series, but I have I don't know about this game specifically. But hey, free game that you can get all right for free. Yeah, and today oh my god uh, something that i've been wanting actually uh pac-man championship edition 2 is free until may 10th um so it's uh i i am well aware about the, Pac- the pac-man championship edition games uh one and two i know they review reviewed very very highly um i'm not sure which one reviewed higher which it was one or two but i've seen gameplay of it it's basically like classic pac-man but on crack um so get that and it's going to be free on uh, steam playstation store and xbox live so that's a good that's a good selection of platforms there i might get them on all three of them just to just because (laughs) and uh so the ps plus games for may uh, 2020 are revealed and sony has announced that cities skylines and farming farming simulator 19 are the ps ps plus free games for may 2020 um that was revealed on the playstation blog both games will be available uh, to subscribers starting on Tuesday, May 5th, and they will be available to claim until Monday, June 1st. And uh, I believe uh, this is uh, comes as like a as like a as a gut uh, punch of the gut because I believe there was a fake leak of the uh, of the May 2020 lineup uh, that we didn't cover, and um, it, the May 2020 leak was like a banger. I think it was giving out two headliners that were just too good to be true, which it turns out mm-hmm. they were in fact too good to be true. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a a weak month in my opinion, unless you're obviously into those into those games. But I mean, we're we're getting a lot of free stuff already, so I'm not that uh, I'm not that hung up about it. True. I mean, right now, there's probably still time to go and get like all of the Uncharted games and uh, Journey, and now you can also get Pac-Man for free. So you know, there's a lot of free cool free stuff out there. And I know that uh, with the PlayStation Network right now, they're having another big in Japan sale. So. If you're a weeb, you can get yourself some good games uh, on the cheap. <laughs> um, so I don't. Let's see if I want to like. Uh, I see Dragon Ball Xenoverse one and two. There's a bundle for twelve dollars and seventy four cents, and a One Punch Man, uh, the game that we talked about their new releases uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was in January. Um, is now discounted to thirty six dollars. And uh, I see. Wait, what? Okay, no, okay. I say Final Fantasy VII got fifty percent. Like, no, that can't be true. It is. It is the original uh, PC version of the game. Uh, running on the PS4, so you can get it for eight bucks. And uh, anything that you want to shout yeah. out? Yeah, for sure. PSN has a lot of great deals. So other than the big in Japan sale, they also have a games under twenty dollars sale. Uh, some of the highlights here for me are Fallout Four is fifteen bucks, Far Cry Five is fifteen bucks. Um, I got Sleeping Dogs for five dollars. Uh, that was kind of like a little bit of a cult hit from a couple of years ago. Uh, Injustice Two for the fighting games, uh, fighting game fans out there is only six dollars right now. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff there. Outer Wilds, one of the big games from last year, you can get for under twenty bucks. Um, so yeah, definitely check the these sales out. And now Xbox is having some sales as well, so you can get Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for thirty six dollars, as well as Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, the sta- the digital standard edition for forty five dollars, and also a uh, little cool little indie gem, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn for fourteen dollars, and it's got this cool oh, nice. like art style uh, going on with like. I don't know, like it's like kind of like black and white, but kind of like uh, sepia tone, and it's got these like, it's kind of like uh, stencils. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, but that definitely, yeah, that game is definitely on my list. Um, it's, I, I actually even think it was one of the ten that I had on my backlog when we did that. Uh, I, I a know, few weeks ago. I know that it was refe- it was featured on a on an in, on an indie uh, Nintendo Direct on an indie mm-hmm. showcase uh, a couple of months ago, so it definitely was on my radar from that. So, uh, lastly, uh, let's see. 
Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got here as far as uh, deals. Anything else that we want to cover? No, that's it. All right. Thank you. Cool. All right, now it's time for... Topic of the show. Louis, the topic of the show this week was uh, your idea, so why don't you uh, introduce it and uh, and guide us through it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's this... Okay, so I've been thinking... I've been putting a lot of thought into this, and... I have I have like these uh, I have two minds of this, but I, I the, just to sum it up, my question that we're going to debate is when to buy a game, and um, mm-hmm. there are there are rules that I have, um, and this all stemmed from our our discussion from last week when we covered the new releases, um, when we covered uh, Streets of Rage Four. That's what prompted mm-hmm. this. I wanted to I, I wanted I seen the reviews they were, they reviewed pretty well. Um, it's got sevens and eights. Um, and I've seen gameplay and it looks really good. It looks fun. I played I've played the Streets of Rage on this on the Genesis. I know what a beat 'em up is. Um my 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 whole thing is like I don't know if I want to pay like I don't know. I think it's about is it fifteen dollars or twenty dollars or twenty five? I don't know what the actual price is, what the actual MSRP is. But I'm not sure if I wanna pay like the actual sticker price on the game. I may I wanna wait for that game to go on sale. Like maybe I can get it like for five dollars or something like that. Or ten dollars mm-hmm. maybe at most. Um all games, but, unless but you're, any game, yeah, sorry, any game will be cheaper eventually, yes, right? Yes, yes. All games, unless you're Nintendo, um, and even yeah, <laughs> uh, they eventually go down in price. So if you look up PS4, Xbox One, Steam is known for their sales. Uh, Epic Games, uh, they're all we, you know, we cover. We have a whole segment dedicated to being a cheap ass gamer. Um, <laughs> so my my whole thing is like, do you? Do you, uh, what's the, what's the play here? Like, what do you, do you always want to buy the game day one? Like I have like certain rules where like, I'm going to buy an Uncharted and a, and a, and a Last of Us, uh, day one, because, you know, I want to, I want to consume that content like right then and there. I want to be a part of the quote unquote conversation and all that kind of stuff. You know, the hype mm-hmm. cycle and everything where everyone's talking about it. You know, nobody wants to play like, like you can play, like, play the Uncharted collection like right now, but like, does it really matter? You're not really part of any quote-unquote conversation that that's it's done that's that's last year like that's that's yesterday kind of thing um mm-hmm. when you buy a game uh like okay let's put it this way of course i'm gonna buy last of us 2 at 60 dollars, but you know for a fact and there's not a, not it's not a way in hell that that it's not going to be a ps plus game eventually you know it's mm-hmm. going to happen uncharted 4 was uh, and all the and the uncharted nathan drake collection they were a free yeah game. but that's probably going to take a while right yes. that's the thing with a game like that you would expect that it would probably take at least a year maybe two yeah, yeah. On PS Plus. Exactly. yeah maybe more yeah so like my my thinking is like do you you know do you play it and like i just be like this outsider be like i don't care about being a part of the conversation i don't care about hype i just want to be efficient i know i don't know mm-hmm. like that's like a thing where it's like where I had a friend who played like the the la- like the Uncharted games in The Last of Us like uh, years after the fact, and I was the only person that he could talk to about it. But even then, like I had played it so long ago that I didn't have like those fresh memories and be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that part, like, you know, like that kind of thing. I just it just kind of right. seems like those water cooler moments don't happen when you buy a game so late. But I also have another story where um, I bought a game uh, it was called it was Mortal Kombat X. Um, and I even had a debate with the, the the GameStop employee about this too. By the way, he convinced me to buy the game. I uh, and, not, and this is not. That was a good employee. Yeah, he was obviously doing his job. He was trying to you know get the sale. Um, yeah. Uh, but of course, I didn't. 
you know, I didn't, my, my, my thinking at the time was just terrible. But anyways, so I was of the opinion, like, maybe I should just wait for Mortal Kombat X to just get re-released because it's going to happen. I told the GameStop, well, yeah, they're probably going to re-release it and then I'll just buy it then. He's like, well, I mean, you know, that was last gen, you know, when they did it with Injustice, you know, it was going from PS3 to PS4. And of course they wanted to reprint it there, but, you know, it costs money to, 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 to re-release a game. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I should just go ahead and buy it now. And so I bought... $60 Mortal Kombat X day one, as well as the season pass, as well as the second season pass, and each season pass was $30. So I ended up spending $120 for uh, for this game uh, to be content complete. And then mm-hmm. right after that happened, um, they re-released the game called Mortal Kombat XL with both season passes built into the disc. And it kind of like, kind of like, kind of pissed me off because i like man i just spent 120 dollars for games that people were gonna be paying 60 dollars, and then a year down the road uh, 20 dollars for the whole content complete game and i did it again i like i was like i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get uh, this done to me again so i i waited for injustice uh two to get re-released and um i got i got screwed over when i waited I was like, what the hell? Because they, uh, with all the re-releases of those NetherRealm games, those fighting games, whether Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat X, Injustice 1, when you get the Game of the Year edition, you get not only the all the characters, but you also get all the skins unlocked mm-hmm. as well, like every skin. And they were so fucking money money hungry that they they don't even give you the skins. You still have to like use the in-game economy to grind out skins, and I was super pissed. Um, but yeah, but I know I kind of go on a rant. I know this is, uh, I know he haven't talked much, but I just kind of wanted to just have like a little debate as to like, you know, what are, should you be trying to like do these, these tactics or should you just, I don't know, buy the game day one or something like that? I don't take it away. Yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from and I, I didn't say anything cause I, I wanted to see everything that, that you had to say there, but I, I will say this, that there's different, obviously there's different types of players. Um, there's many different types of gamers out there and different types of people that play games. And I feel like with social media and especially, you know, me and you being surrounded by the, the people that we're surrounded in, in our lives and, and social media and the kind of the enthusiast press that we consume, uh, we see a lot of the, like you said, the term, like being part of the conversation, being part of the moment, like having that game day one and talking about it day one, seeing all the people around you on your feeds talking about it. I mean, I, what, a, what a good example of that is being uh, playing Animal Crossing right now, right? Or not even right now, but over the last month, um, that game was just such a big phenomenon. It was almost like it was hard to escape it on at least on on my social medias and my social circles. Uh, so imagine playing that game then versus playing the game six months down the road or a year down the road, right? I think that ultimately you kind of get what you pay for in a sense when it comes to the price of a game and the and the the deals you get later on and then how the the experience of playing the game changes over time because I ended up paying sixty dollars for Animal Crossing, um, and and me and my fiance have played it since since I got it now for for about a month. I, I didn't get it like day one. I didn't get it week one, but. I got it fairly early. Um, I mean, when I'm pretty sure when I got it, the game was not a month old yet. Uh, and I got it for full price. Now, I know this is a weird example because it's a Nintendo game and Nintendo games don't fall in prices as quick. Uh, but let's say this was a traditional game and let's say that uh, a year down the road, I could get it for 30 bucks, right? So, and I got it then for 30 bucks instead. What that would have meant is that I saved 30 bucks on buying the game, but then the I kind of got that 
by buying the game for 60, I kind of got that 30 bucks difference in value by kind of being being part of this phenomenon, right? So it's almost like it's like this cost, it's like an extra cost to get early access to something. And this is not a typical, you know, Steam early access or things like that, but you really are paying a premium whenever you buy a game day one to get early access to that game before it's on sale to play it when everybody else is playing or to play it when the enthusiasts are playing, when the press is playing it, to be part of that moment, like you said, be part of that conversation. Now, I totally understand how that doesn't matter for a lot of people. In fact, usually it doesn't matter for me, actually. I typically play games later. I think that you can, and that's the interesting thing too, is that I think that you sometimes can be part of that moment and part of the conversation without even necessarily playing the game. Um, you know, a lot of times when big games come out, I'll be reading about them. I'll watch the reviews. I'll occasionally, maybe I'll watch it be played on Twitch a little bit. If, if it's a story game, I typically don't do that with, but maybe it's a, if it's a big multiplayer game or if it's, you know, something else, maybe I'll do that. And, you know, I can, uh, I, I feel like, you know, you can't really have an opinion of what it's like to play the game until you played it, but you can still kind of have an opinion of the game and what it is. And, um, maybe you can, uh, understand the jokes that are going on and, be part of it to some extent and then you get to save money when you buy it later down the road that is what i prefer to do usually there's also something really cool honestly about looking at um games with the power of hindsight like letting a year go by this is something i do a lot now which is like let a year go by where i've only bought the biggest uh games that i cared the most about right like the franchises i love there were new games in those franchises usually i'll go and get them fairly early and then, but then the year ends and then you look back on it. And then at this point you got, you know, reviews and Metacritic and uh, game awards and all of that stuff. And you can look back at the previous year and you can see like, what were the games that really in hindsight you think were worth playing from that year. And then you can get them for much cheaper at that point. And then at that point, you're not getting any duds because you know, you know what you're getting, you know what I mean? Versus one of the costs of being the early adopter is that not only you're paying more, but you're potentially paying more for a broken game. You're potentially paying more for a game that's not, you know, content complete, that's gonna have DLC coming in later that you can maybe get for free in a game of the year edition or whatever a year down the road. Um, and and perhaps you're paying more for a game that, you know, it's it's broken or, or it's just not good and it's not what you expect. And then you're gonna go and play it day one and it's gonna suck and you're gonna be disappointed and then you're gonna go and sell it back to GameSpot or whatever. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Or, or just you're, maybe you're not going to sell it back, but maybe like a month later, that game is going to be worth nothing compared to what it was then. I mean, that happened with uh, Fallout 76, I believe, where the game came out for 60 bucks, and a month later, it was on sale for 40 or $30. Yeah. Um, or the Tomb Raider as well. I think uh, there was a huge like kerfuffle about how yeah. like two weeks or whatever, had three weeks had gone by, and Tomb Raider is already like 50% off. And I'm like, damn, it kind of sucks. For and you know, guys. I'm glad... I'm glad you mentioned that example because uh, one of the few games over the last few years that I actually bought like day one and that I actually pre-ordered was Shadow of the Tomb Raider because, you know, I really liked 2013's Tomb Raider. I really liked uh, 2016's Rise of the Tomb Raider. This is going to be the third game in that trilogy. Um, it was not being developed by Crystal. It was being developed, I think, by Ida's Montreal, but it was still kind of within the same um, storyline and everything. I was excited about it. It was, it was one of my anticipated games that year. And I was able to get a deal on the pre-order where I got like 10% off or whatever by pre-ordering it on Amazon at that point. Um, so I was like, oh, fuck it. I mean, I'm going to want to play this game anyway. So I pre-ordered it. And yeah, that game, I don't think set the world on fire. I don't think it might have not even sold as much as 
previous Tomb Raider games in the in the trilogy. But, you know, I loved it and I liked that I played it when I did and I did play it like kind of first week. So I didn't mind that it that it, this price went down later because I thought I got my money's worth with uh, through the experience. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know the fans were like in a in a in a, in a they were in a rage because of, like it went on sale at, like 50 percent. I think it went to 30 dollars so fast that it was like because they wanted to get these numbers up, like, you know, get these units sold and stuff. Um, yeah, there was a lot happens. of situations where like it almost kind of feels like you're almost incentivized to wait. Like even when we covered like on the new releases, when we covered like Street Fighter V's re-release, you know, like that Championship Edition, like mm-hmm. then I I still kind of sort of have vanilla Street Fighter V, and it just kind of seems very, uh, um, I don't know, it just seems like you're almost it almost behooves you to to not buy it day one uh, simply because like let's just let's just lay out the scenario like like it just kind of walk with me here. Final Fantasy VII, this time next year, it's going to be either $40, $30, or probably $20. Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to be the hotness, and they're going to be, there's going to be a, str- a spring sale this time next year, and it's probably going to either MSRP for $40 or $30, and it's going to be on sale, on a spring sale for $20. Um, yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, so, like, it, it, it's not a game I'm, granted, it's not a game I'm excited to play for, like, for story-wise or whatever, like, right now, so I would probably buy it at that price. Um, you know, supply and demand kind of things. Whenever like the price goes down, demand will go up. You know, those are that's a very very basic economics thing. Um, I, I it's, it's kind of really feels like I opened a, a, a like a little Pandora's box here because like it feels like there's a lot of different directions you can go in with this topic. Yeah. Uh, but like I even kind of imagine a situation where there's going to be a day like ten years from now where like Final Fantasy VII is going to have like parts two, three, four, five, and six and seven uh, all out and there's gonna be i don't think it's gonna have that many parts (laughs) well we didn't cover the story but there was a a story where like the game director said that he wants to do more parts so that way each part can come out faster because they can put less Mm -hmm. content per part Mm -hmm. i don't know if you we i don't think you ran that story but whatever um anyways but like um but there's gonna be a day where all the parts are out and then they're gonna re-release it with one disc and or something like that or maybe i don't know they're gonna re-release it where it's like final fantasy 7 the complete edition you know it kind of almost kind of behooves you to buy that instead of this part one I don't know. Just there's, I don't want to. I don't want to ramble on, but basically, I just it's like a it's a, it's a little conundrum that you kind of have to think about, especially because especially on the PS4 and the Xbox side and the game and the PC side, uh, not so much with Nintendo stuff because you know like they don't. And Breath of the Wild can still be bought for sixty dollars um, mm-hmm. uh, without that without that sale that's happening right now on the spring sale. But beyond that, it's still MSRP's for sixty. Nintendo games they hold their value and they only go down to twenty dollars unless they do a Nintendo Selects. Which they haven't done for the Switch yeah. yet, um, but that all that notwithstanding, um, anything else, it almost kind of the game is kind of going to be played where you just kind of want to. You're gonna, you should, you should always opt to go for the cheap gamer route. Uh, I just, I don't know. It just, I have the worst, I have the worst, the worst of both worlds because not only do I pay full price for the game, I'm not part of the conversation because I keep them in the shrink wrap and I don't play them. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Louis. It, you, it would behoove for you of all people probably to. Um to maybe give it some more time before you buy certain certain games uh, if you're not that excited to play them right away. But then, you know, you never know. Sometimes when you don't buy a game right away, then it might be harder to find it uh, in the future. Um, in fact, like, I've been kind of looking into, because I do want to get Fire Emblem Awakening again on the 3DS. You know, I own the game, I beat it, uh, but I ended up losing it. Uh, and and now, like, I, I have to pay, like, above full price for it, it seems, if I, if I want to get it now. So I have to, I have to, Nintendo, less Nintendo games typically do, because the game is kind of rare now. Like, it costs more, especially if I wanted a new copy. But 
I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay at least forty bucks even for like a used copy, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there might be an argument there from the collector perspective of wanting to keep things in the shrink wrap. You can't wait. You can wait probably, but you can't wait too long. Uh. Or at some point you might not be able to find the game new anymore. Um. If it's a game that did not get printed that much, if it had a higher supply than it had a uh, sorry higher demand than it had supply. Yeah. Ultimately, people need to do what's better for them at any given point. Uh, you know, if it's really important for you to play that game day one and you're excited and you have that disposable income, I mean, go for it. Um, but I also think there is a, if you want to save money, I think the the smart way a lot of times is to wait. You can you can definitely get things a lot cheaper or for free if you wait and if you're not that picky about it. Uh, if you're not that picky about being part of the conversation, I mean, I didn't play the Mass Effect games. God knows when I'm going to play them. But, you know, they're the people that played them when they came out spend a total of at least $180 for, uh, for for the three games. And I got all three of them in a complete package, like kind of like, I don't remember if that one is steel case, but it might be like a steel case, like complete package for like 20 bucks or something yeah. like that because I bought it now. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, so. I'm glad I, I'm glad I brought up such an engaging topic of the show to the table, but yeah, I just, I kind of, yeah, I wanted it's to, a vent, great topic. I wanted to vent out my frustrations with this topic actually to tell you the <laughs> truth. That's really what it was. And I kind of, I think I've aired out all my grievances on this one. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I would say, I know that we, I, we keep going long on this, but just the final thought is that, Today is interesting as well because with podcasts and with YouTube and whatnot, there are ways to, in quotes, be part of the conversation even when you find a game late. Not in the same way that you would expect, but, um, you know, if you're playing through whatever, if you're playing through Mass Effect right now, uh, yeah, your your friends and the people on your social media are probably not going to be doing that. However... There will be, there's plenty of YouTube content and podcasts and et cetera that you can listen to if you're, if you're interested in doing that. I've done that in the past. Like I, I've listened to a spoiler cast for games that I beat many years after they'd come out. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes so sense. Sometimes Evergreen they, content. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to still, our brother spoiler cast is still, is still forthcoming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. We got to figure out when we're going to do that. Um, we, we, Louis and I both have a lot going on uh, recently, so it's been hard to, to line that one up. But anyway, that's that's it, unless you have any final thoughts no, no, for that I'm, uh, topic. I'm good, I'm good. All right. So uh, Sharing the Love is the segment that we uh, typically do every week till we skip some, where we uh, get to talk about games that we really love and sometimes share stories about them. I'm going to do a really quick one today. Uh, we've been talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the new Assassin's Creed game. So I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to give a quick shout out to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Um, this, uh, was the game that was released for the PS4 and Xbox one, as well as PS3 and Xbox 360. It kind of came out during that, uh, I think it was like that first year of the new consoles. It might've been in the, around the launch window of the, of the, of the current generation. Louis, do you mind looking it up right now for me? When, when did it come out? Cause I, I don't remember the exact, sure, sure. um, just make sure date. you said black flag, and, right? Yeah. Black flag. Uh, but you know, it's my favorite Assassin's Creed game to this day. I think it's a lot of fun to play. I, I think the, the, the story school, I think the, the, the ship mechanics and what they did with that was really cool. Exploring the, the world and the game was a lot of fun. Um, there were so many little details and innuendos to it. Like, you know, having your crew like sing songs as you're sailing across the sea. And, um, it was just a game that made me really happy to play. And, um, during uh, during a time frame where maybe I wasn't that happy with other things that were happening in my life, I looked forward to getting off of work, going home, and then playing Black Flag for an hour. I or for an hour or two, I did that like every day for a certain period of time, probably like a month. Um, and I, it was just very special to me, and it it was a really fun game to play during that time frame. I haven't really gone back to it. Haven't really thought that strongly about it in a long time. 
Um, but as as we've gone through some of the other games that we have more stories about, and and uh, I'm, I'm starting to sort of scrape the barrel here in the segment. Well, I still have a lot to talk about, but as far as like engaging stories go, I'm just gonna give a shout out to great little Assassin's Creed game that came out a few years ago that I really I really love. I have I have so. the dates here. So it initially came out on the PlayStation Three and Three Sixty and the Wii U on in October 2013. And then mm-hmm. a month later for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One for their launches. Um, I see. And it was recently re-released as part of the Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection um, in December 2019 for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so it's a great game. If you haven't played it, I'll recommend checking it out on the Switch. Uh, I believe I played this one on the PS3. I think I played this before I, I had a PS4 even. Yeah. So that's it. Do you have uh, any any final thoughts uh, in the show, Louis? Uh, no, I think it was a pretty good show. We didn't go too far over time. It was a pretty tight show. I liked it. Cool. I agree. So it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can always reach us at Ready Press Play on Twitter or send an email to readypressplay at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Dan Lima and Louis at Chakalaka88. That's right. Uh, we didn't prepare a song for today, so we're just going to be ending with our uh, Ready Press Play uh, theme by Joel. A.K.A. Uh, Waz. Also, yeah. Yeah, A.K.A. Waz. You can also go check out his stuff. I always put a link right under or uh, intro. I'm probably going to put the link as well on uh, at the end here on the outro on the time codes as well. So that's it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>